hearkened thine ears to the tune of the cast. We cast pods all day for the glory. Season dose. Methuselah. What, what? Groomed her pet Leviathan. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Salty Dogs Podcast. I have to be. The SDP and the ICT. Teddy Roosevelt. Hear ye, hear ye. While we cast all of our pods upon you. Dropped it on you, son. Okay, good, thing I, good thing I wait, stay wait, ready. So wait, I have to get and ready. Three, two, and we're, we're on the air. Salty Dogs <laughs> the podcast. Si- the silent countdown with the fingers. See, that's right. Do you remember that from Wayne's World? I think I remember that from a multiple, multiple movies. Multiple movies. A multiple movies. Is that the you name of forgive, the movie? You gotta forgive me, bro. I'm. You you're tired, dude, huh? Dude, I'm so tired. Swinging around in trees all day long. Dude, huge removal, and then worship down in Derby, and then running back up here. With you breathing down my neck, mm-hmm. and you're so tired, you're and talking hur- very low on and the microphone hurling, as well. Hurling obscenities at me over the phone. <laughs> it's not true. I just I added that. Casey called, said I'm on my way. I was like, <laughs> you're you'll be here in hurry the hell up time. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to Casey. Yeah, man, dude, it's good to be back. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, I'm excited too. I am. Uh, so apparently, we'd talked about having these certain guests on before. And then we talked about having them on, and then we talked about having them on, and then someone said, well, I haven't had any follow-through yet. And so (laughs) here we are following through on what we said we were going to do. I guess it took us a little while. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got the old green light. (laughs) From the Lord. Got the green light from the Lord. Really really just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, we were were trying to figure out if we wanted to have this kind of (laughs) podcast again, you know, because we've we've only had one of its kind of... Last season, and now it's one of a kind this season. Yeah, the the, the episode where we hashtag end patriarchy. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we've got two dear friends two of men, ours. Two men and two women in the room right now. Mm. The femme fatale duo. <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty hardcore. That's hardcore. I think they need t-shirts. <laughs> hashtag femme fatale, I guess. Usher them in, bro. Usher them on in. Usher them on in. So this episode, we have... Portia, Portugal, and Candy Gibson. Portia what? Portia Bon. Portia Portia Bon. That's right. All right. Portia, lean on in and say hello. Hello, everybody. Here she is. Lean closer. There you go. Much closer. There you go. There you go. So what I want to do, um, and y'all are going to have to like break in because I know you're a lot more chatty and laughy than you're giving on to right now. So... um, Portia, try tell not to disrupt. Yeah, right. No, it's good. We invited you here, so we actually turned them. Disrupt the, away. Your, your mic is on. And so um, tell me just a little bit real quick about who you are and what you do. We're going to give Candy the same um, opportunity, and then we're going to dive into the topic of women in the church. And so have at it. Portia, tell us who you are. Sure. Um, I am Portia Portugal. <laughs> um, I, for work, I am the executive director at Dress for Success Wichita here in town. So I am um, day in and day out working at a, this very small nonprofit. And um, I'm married to Joey Bond, who is good friends with everyone here in the room, He's too. He's an extremely attractive man. My Indeed. Very, very attractive. We, we, we <laughs> took my daughter to the pool on Saturday uh, for her birthday party. I bet that was a humbling experience. And, oh, it was it was great. But then, so Portia showed up and, and Candy was there as well. But when I saw Joey on Sunday morning, he walked in. I said, Joey, I'm a little sad that I didn't get to see you with your shirt off on Saturday. 
So we'll have to make up for that time lost with <laughs> we need to get him on here, being actually. around him shirtless. We need to get him on. Yeah, here. I told him I was coming on. He was like, oh, I want to. No, he didn't say I want to be on there. He was like, I've just I haven't officially been asked. So, well, I'm going to officially gonna ask him. I, yeah, we will. We'll do that. I think I kind of <laughs> hinted at it, but apparently we're good at hinting. And so he's got But a good here we are. We're making, prog- we're making We're making progress. <laughs> Portia, you're kind of a big deal in the city. I know you won't say that about yourself, but in Wichita, Portia is she is a, a, a femme fatale, right? She's <laughs> she is um, a woman of um, she's making strides in the city. She's doing big things with Dress for Success and then involved in some other organizations. And oftentimes I'll. I'll have the opportunity to come out in some publication or like I'm in a video or something like that. But the same day that happens for me, she's like in five. And so it just happens that way. I'm like, Hey, I saw you in that magazine. And she's like, Oh, I was in the other one too. So anyways, yeah, she's doing some, some cool things in the city. We love Portia. She's great. Candy. Tell us who you are. Yeah, I'm Candy Ibsen, and I am the marketing director at world impact, which is a national nonprofit that does church planning, in urban communities across the U.S., I've been with the organization for 12 years, the first seven as a church planter and youth pastor, and then the last five have been as their marketing director. Church planter. Dang. And youth pastor. That's quite the resume. It is quite the resume. I don't know. It's impressive. just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't funny. think it's impressive. It's just... Being obedient. There you go. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, it really was impressive when we got your resume in order to vet you before you came on the podcast. We <laughs> He's were pretty, lying. We were, <laughs> we were pretty impressed. Whoa. So yeah, Candy and I went to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, yeah, yeah. So just real quick, Candy, Candy and I met on a uh, on an insta at an insta meet photo walk here in Wichita, and so I guess you it feels only, like a lifetime. I know ago. it feels like a lifetime ago. So, ago. so it was it was kind of cool because running run, running around the city taking pictures and then you know you just kind of start talking and then we started name dropping it's like i know that person i know that person and then she came around started coming to the source and then about that time portia was coming and so it's kind of cool this the whole story behind this we don't have to go into it but kind of a yes, fun fun deal you do want to oh I well you like, probably will go like into the story important to like yeah. how portia and i came together as friends because it's, sure. it's not a normal i don't feel like it's a normal like girlfriend story like oh we went to college together or, oh we met at church because it was yeah. m- a little bit more and different than that yeah. yeah well we'll flip a coin casey and see if their story is or is not important for the podcast moving forward i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> prophesy what the coin would be <laughs> and i'm just kidding we're totally gonna let uh, you tell your story so <laughs> if it, we we can move into that but certainly uh yeah. I think it leads very naturally into For women sure. in the church. Right. Okay. Well, you tell the story. I don't have to tell it. Say, like Portia can. Sure. Um, so I first joined the Source Wichita, um, I guess. Gosh, I don't even know when it was. Two years. Was it? 2014? Was it? Gosh, I think it was I 2014. Tell you. I'm trying to think when Joey got baptized. That was. No, it was 2015 it was... because. Um, oh, you were, that was before that. Cause we yeah. met in, oh, that's right. right. Okay. 2015 so because, even... cause Kim and I got married in 2014 and then it was that year moving forward that we started the source. Yeah. So I actually met you, Jason. We met in the YPW leadership Academy, right? Yeah. which I always forget <laughs> right, cause it's yeah. just like we're family now for sure. Um, so we met and we didn't even really like talk much at, at that during that but I just remember seeing like your name tag and it said the source Wichita or the church or something something like that 
Um, and I was just like, huh, like I didn't think about it didn't you know, didn't ask you about it. And then started going through some stuff in life and, um, was on and off raised in the church and, um, you know, as happens to a lot of people, you end up in some dark places and you're right. like, and then you return to God. So, um, when I got to that dark place, I remembered, you know, oh yeah, like I remember seeing that guy, meeting that guy from the source. So I just right. kind of showed up one day and I told Joey, you know, I'm going, going to this church. If you want to join me, you're welcome to, but I'm leaving. And he didn't come at first. And then, um, kept going. And it was actually Casey, um, his testimony, uh, we did a testimony video, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably honestly within the first month, um, of going to the source. And I, I think sent Joey the link to that. And I was like, I think you'd really get something out of this. Cause Joey, um, has somewhat a, a parallel story to yours. Right. Um, so I sent that to him, and then the next Bad Sunday... Bad boy hottie in his teen years. <laughs> Bad boy hottie, yeah, there you go. That's Joey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, then the next weekend he was there with me, so... Um, That's a trip. Yeah, I don't, I'm sure he's told you that before. <clears throat> no, I, don't, I, I, I think somebody had told me that before, but it wasn't Joey. I didn't know that, really, honestly. Um, well, now you do. Now I do. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what brought me to the source, and yeah. then um, I've been, I mean all things girl power for a long time now. So, um, that, but, I mean, that didn't play into anything at that point, but, but you, what, what is your degree in, um, global studies and women and gender studies. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind um, of a big deal for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a big part of who it's I more am. more than a hobby, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like all things, women empowerment is, is from like, that's my calling like from God. So, yeah. <laughs> and like, cool. it's not like, you don't feel Not this passion yeah. yeah without that so right. um kept kept going to the source Joey and I both were going and we were both going through really you know just tough times dark times and then Joey um got deployment orders and so he left gosh i think it was within that same month that it was like january of 2016 16. that he got um he left for his deployment for 6 months and then and Candy and I had been going to the source together for the first time. A while. The first Sunday night I met you was the night that we prayed for Joey before he deployed. Yep. Because I had only ever seen him and you, and then we met, and then he left, and then we kept running into each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> And then somebody had said, we want to do a women's Bible study. And yeah, I wanted to. You, Portia wanted to. And one person came to me and said, hey, Candy, I think you should talk to her about this. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not really wanting to do that right now. I don't feel like I'm called to that. And then another person said it. And then did you Facebook message me? Probably. <laughs> and I was that like, sounds like me. okay, this is three. This is the Lord. Like, I felt like I was having like a very... um, um gosh, what Peter moment, like the same dream three times. <laughs> God had to say it three times in order for me to listen. And I was like, fine, I'll do a women's Bible study. <laughs> Casey, it was your dad actually that um, encouraged that. I don't know. You, I know you didn't know that. No. He was like, dad, dad encourages a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Cause a, I kept telling, cause he had just done the red, 
the Red Sea Red Rules. Red Sea Rules. Okay. And, I, and it was just, I think, primarily for men. And I uh-huh. was like, man, I really want something like this for women. And I kept saying that. And I was like, but I don't want to lead it. Like, because I was still, I still, I still feel like a very baby Christian, you know? Like, I've never held an official ministry role or anything. Um, but, but I hadn't even been considered, considering myself a Christian for a long time. And I told your dad, like, just kind of talked about it. And he was like, no, you should just do it. You should just do it. And then I was like, I don't want to lead it though. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not competent enough for this. And then, which she is competent (laughs) enough for this. (laughs) And then, yeah, I don't know if he ever said anything to you or not, but no, it was three, it was two other people. And then you, and I remember we met up at Reverie Mm -hmm. And we walked over to Eighth Day Books because you were just like, I need Mm -hmm. like basics or something. And so we walked over to Eighth Day Books, which is a great little bookstore here in Wichita. And we looked at Bible studies and we started with um, Celebration of Discipline. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By Richard Foster and went through the different disciplines in the Christian life for several weeks. And we had like like four consistent solid women, but it was like in and out of Mm -hmm. between eight, four to eight. Yeah for a couple months because we did every chapter and it was really awesome. And then we did another one and then we opened it up to couples and men and women together. But during that time, we also Portia and I found that we have a common thread of empowering women and seeing women thrive in the city, in their, in their jobs and also in the church. And so that led to some deeper conversations on women's roles within the church and the, the theology that I my story and my particular theology about that. And there were just lots of conversations around that topic and we kept coming back to it. Yeah, I mean, cause again, like at that point I was still, I still considered myself um, very much like a baby Christian and and I think Joey had gone through one of the Toomey classes. Right. And he came back and said something one night about something he had learned about um, women's roles in the le- in leadership in the church and just right. um, basically that they sh- shouldn't be. That's what I right. took away from what he, at yeah. least how he, yeah. so how let me, he portrayed I it say, to me. So let and me so I was like, to red flag, because I, I was right. like, hold up, like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> so so let, me, let me paint the picture, and you can probably confirm this because, so Candy, you're with World Impact, mm-hmm. and one of World Impact's ministries is, is, is Toomey, the Urban Ministry Institute. So we were attending a Toomey location here in the city, um, and that, the the guy leading it, his particular stance is egal or excuse me, complementarian. So you guys can look that up. Um, basically, saying um, only men can be in the role of pastor, essentially. Um, and however, he was very adamant about communicating that Dr. Don Davis's stance is that women can hold that role, and that women do have a, a larger role in the in the leadership of the church. So. And Don Davis is the founder and curator of the Urban Ministry Institute. And working for that organization, I wanted to be very clear with Portia when she told me this, that that is not what right. World Impact believes, and that is not what the Urban Ministry Institute believes. Right, right. And so this this guy and then Don Davis have have gone back and forth um, in the past, you know, and, and not gone back and forth as an argument, but obviously having conversations surrounding it. Well, here's why I think so. And here's why I think so. And, and yeah. so there's unity and love in that situation, but Absolutely. yeah. So from that, Joey took, um, was learning about leadership in the church and then came back and talked to you about it. And so what was your experience with that? You, you start thinking what, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, like, 
I'm a sassy chick, you know. So, <laughs> so <Dang>. my <laughs> my. I don't know uh, that we've ever had that accent on this show. <laughs> so my immediate like reaction was like you can't tell me what I can and can't do, you know? So, but like, I was thinking, you know, also at the same time, like I don't, I don't feel very literate in, in the Bible or very literate in theology. So like, I don't have anything to, you know, come back at him with because I don't know. And so, I mean, we had the conversation I'm like, that just doesn't, that doesn't feel right or good to me for me to, for the place that I go to feel and find acceptance to right. not, yeah. you know, like, you know, overall, not to say that I felt that at the source or anything, right. but just overall. And so I went to Candy, who I know was both very literate in theology or is and the Bible. And I was like, so this is what Joey told me and what he said that he learned and Tell me that's yeah. wrong. Right. So, so, so basically, <laughs> you, so basically you have this, you have this situation where, so yeah, Portia, you, you lead a nonprofit organization. You are, you're the director. You're essentially the head in that, in that situation. Yes. You make the decisions, you lead others, you manage, you, you, you have vision, you make decisions to move things forward, that kind of thing. And so in this, it, I hate to even call it secular, but you know, you're in this, in this job position um, and you have this role, but now you're starting to move into a, a relationship with Christ and you're learning about scripture and you're kind of figuring out this religion thing. What it, we, we all know, you know, relationship with Christ, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, you're in Christianity now. And so you're navigating, you're newly navigating some of these doctrinal issues within the church, having come from a certain experience on a daily basis. So yeah, I just can imagine that's kind of a, it was an interesting place for you. So, so Candy, how did you approach that situation with Portia? Well, I gave her resources and, um, that I really value like short ones from, um, what is it? Um, the Junia project has a whole list, but I gave her one specific pamphlet on calling. And I also at the same time sent a separate message with the same information to Jason and his wife, Kim, because I wanted to say like, this is what I'm telling her. And I want you to be involved in this conversation, which was very, very respectful because I didn't want to cause dissension. Like I've seen this issue cause dissension and that's never what theological differences should do. Like we can agree to disagree on things and the moment it starts causing dissension, that's problematic to me because I unity in the church is super important. So I wanted to loop Jason into what was going on. And I also like was praying a lot about it and I was seeking the Lord and I wanted open conversation, not a debate, not a this is right or that is wrong. Because I, growing up the way I did in going to Moody Bible Institute, which is a complementarian institute, I can argue both sides of this biblically. I see both sides very clearly. And the place I've come to today and like Jason and I've talked a lot about this is like, I feel like there's a fence and there's three feet on both sides of this fence. That's biblical where you're not oppressing women and you're not emasculating men. Like there's one, three feet that's complementarian and one, three feet that's egalitarian. But once you pass those three feet though, so you have six feet in the middle that's very biblical and you can walk these lines very carefully and still empower women and still not emasculate men. 
But once you get past those three feet on either side of the fence, we're walking in probably some unbiblical territory because there is a way to do all of this that's honoring to God and honoring to both genders. And honoring to each other. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest, and, and right even before you said that word honor, the Lord had put that, the verse into my mind, you outdo each other in showing honor. And so when you said honor, I, I mean, honor to each other. Absolutely. Uh, I think is, is, is one of the biggest things that's missing specifically on this topic because, you know, and <clears throat> there's so many, <laughs> you just see so many ignorant people and not, I'm not going to say stupid or not say, they're, they're just, they're not, you know, understanding this thing in completeness or, you know, from both sides, it's always a, it's always an ego thing, man. And, and, uh, I just, yeah, outdoing each other and showing honor, like honoring women and women honoring men as well. You know, I, I was actually listening to a podcast earlier and we don't, we don't have to dive into this particular topic, but the topic on this podcast was, um, being a gay Christian. Right. And so most people shudder at those two words being in the same sentence, but what this, guy was talking about um, was how scripture says that we should be slow to speak, right? Slow to anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quick to listen. Quick to listen. And he said, but we're, we're slow to listen and quick to preach. And I was like, whoa. And so I think what you're talking about with, with honor and respect and under, even understanding and love, I think when, when you insert love into the situation, it's not that it muddies uh, it, it's not that it creates a gray area, but it allows for understanding and conversation. Yeah. And so it's not that. And, and so what you're talking about where you've got these three feet on each side, that's biblical and you get past that. And that's when you start saying you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when people start, Absolutely. that's when people start throwing around the word heretic. And let me just tell you that, uh, that's not a, that's not a fun thing to be called or accused of. Mm-hmm. And very quickly you, it's like it, not that she feel victimized, but it doesn't feel good. And it creates a lot of uh, discord and what you talked about dissension. So you start getting into this right, wrong situation. And I'm not, I, I understand that there are, there are black and white doctrinal biblical Absolutely. issues. Right. However, you said I can argue both sides and, and honestly, I can see scripture for both sides. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that are not black and white. They're gray. And I actually heard someone the other day say this, they say, you know, it's interesting that, some of the questions that we're asking that we want black and white answers on, they're not, there aren't black and white answers in the Bible because maybe God doesn't want us asking those questions or we need to be thinking on a different level. Yeah. Right? So Danielle Strickland, who is a, oversees the Salvation Army, one of the things she says about this issue that I think is, it's one of the, it's one of the heart-wrenching ones for me. She says that this is a peacetime issue and we're at war and we need everyone on the battlefield. And your gender should not matter because everyone needs to be on the battlefield right now. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I feel like there's so many peacetime issues we keep coming back to mm. where, where we should all be on the battlefield. And that means using all of our gifts and talents regardless of gender because the Holy Spirit gives gifts freely, not based on our gender. And so if some have the gift to teach, prophesy, yeah. heal, we should be using those gifts And some churches will say, you know, you have to use them like this. And other churches will say you have to use them like this, but we should all be using them. And there isn't a question of whether a woman should be on the battlefield because we're all told to armor up. So put the armor on, get out there and whatever your particular 
denominational or theological bent is, it doesn't matter because you still got to suit up. Yeah. So, so Casey, I'm interested, um, and it, allow me to maybe direct the conversation this way, but something I've learned and that's kind of made a difference for me. And, and so I think there, I think we can learn anything, um, whether we're like married or single, right? The Lord can reveal anything to us at any point in time, but he's going to use our situation and certainly uses our marriages to teach us lots of things Amen. and any relationship. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah, know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it's really interesting because with the, with the gender issue, like as a single male, it's real easy to kind of um, keep an arm's distance from the, maybe the urgency or the importance of that conversation of gender and the, or, you know, gender roles in the church. You can keep that as an arm's distance because you're not maybe totally invested in, in that relationship. But now I'm married and I have this woman that I, that I love <laughs> yeah. dearly. And, and you're both very blessed with exceptionally oh, wonderful I, uh, women. I, definitely, I mean, I know that. you know that, but I, they're I both. leveled up way up. <laughs> totally. yeah, I, very, yeah. very gifted, very yeah. gifted women. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Kim, Kim loves the Lord and she has, she has calling on her life. She has a role. I mean, she has authority in the kingdom. Like the Lord is, has give, given her very specific mandates and, and, and purpose, right? So scripture says that we're, uh, we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, right? They're good works that were predestined Amen. Um, in Christ Jesus to do those. And so she has works that he's given her that she's going to begin to live out. And so it's interesting where to find myself in situations sometimes where based on her role and her call, essentially I have to submit to what the Lord is telling her to do versus me telling her what to do in that situation. Yeah. And so then there's this rub of this, this religious, um, you know, mouth in my ear yeah. saying, but you're the head of the household, Yeah. but, but this and that and the other, but I'm looking this woman in the eye who loves Jesus. And I'm saying, but what about this person that I love? How, how in the world am I supposed to, to tell her, uh, no, you're not hearing from God or no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's jacked up to consider. Yeah. So how, so maybe how have you seen that play in out life? in your life oh, with Jill dude. and I, yeah. you know, I, I, I can be a very intense person and uh, just really hard at it, uh, just swinging that sword of the no. spirit around, <laughs> like not caring. And and honestly, the most, the and I'll say this about my wife, the most valuable lessons that I have learned uh, in, my, in my Christian walk have came from being married to her. And uh, because, you know, and you're right, when you're, when you're single, it's really easy to get onto, it's really easy to get onto that bad bandwagon. And there is a religious, there is a religious spirit, seriously, like, you know, trying to uh, speak into my life about, you know, a position of like, not, not leadership as a good leader, but like leadership from power as is, as is given to you by God or whatever. And I, I'm not saying that I completely subscribe to that, but uh, I just, you know, I learned more about the inner interaction um, between a female and a male in that specific scenario, especially being one and united. And so in that oneness, I found 
all these aspects of God and my wife that were, you know, that made me feel like a really bad person because not because she was making me feel bad, but because I was convicted because of how sweet she was and how kind she was and how grace she, uh, graceful of grace she was. And, you know, when you look at these Psalms 31 women, like I see that in my wife and I, and that, and she embodies that to me. And so I understand these new concepts of God from, from who she is as a person. And so that really is a, is a humbling experience, uh, you know, right, right, right where you're talking about, where you're talking to your wife and you just get handled by God and you're like, what, you know, like what happened, you know? And, um, yeah. but yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm, I've been so used to, in my ministry context, in my role, I've been so used to being able to just make decisions on behalf of the church. And, and, and honestly, there's been times where I've kind of just done whatever I want, like not in a bad way, but it's like, oh, you need this. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. And I'll write the check or, oh, hey, you want to use the building? That's totally fine. You I know, need here. a check, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can write you checks all day. But What's I don't know that, Lord? Yeah. Well, then now you can cash them, right? <laughs> so, so recently with the way that we've started functioning with, within the hub, the Source Wichita, is that, you know, she, Kim has a, she has a pretty strong call to, to help administer what happens in this building. And there's actually been times where she said no to certain things because she doesn't feel like she has a direct answer from the Lord on it or, you know, whatever she's discerned and said, I don't think this is something that we should do. Well, then I find myself in a situation where I feel very strongly about something and I don't see an issue with it. And I present it to her and then she says, no, I see an issue. So now there's this rub. I, who are you to say that I can't do this in this building kind of thing. And what it boils down to, and I actually prayed through this yesterday concerning an issue is that, or not an issue, but a circumstance and, and had to realize that, that one, yes, the Lord has given my wife, um, authority to help administer what happens here, um, on, on an, on another level, so to speak. Um, but her heart is such that she wants to make sure that whatever we do here, the Lord is saying, yes, do that. Mm -hmm. And that's where the heart comes from. But I had a religious spirit in my ear saying, well, you're the leader of the source. You remember how you used to be able to make decisions, not have to submit to anybody or submit that to a process. And then pride began to rise up. Yeah. And then, then the spirit of God says, shows me the reality of the situation and says, no, she just wants to do my will. How is that a bad thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's How is good. her having the same Holy Spirit that you have a bad thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And so I was kind of schooled on that. But, you know, in scripture, we, it, we, typically when we talk about marriage, we talk about, um, you know, wives submitting to husbands. But in the, the very first line of that Ephesians 5 piece says, um, out of reverence for Christ, submit to, to one, one another. another. Yeah. So equals submission. Both parties are called to submit. And so it's really interesting. So, I mean, scripture even talks about like that the man is the head of the household, but then in one, in another place, it says that we should equally submit to each other. So then how do we reconcile where Christ or where one in one part of scripture says you're the head, but then another, it says equal submission. So we have to figure out how to reconcile that and we have to overcome whatever religious structure we've come out of. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to bump up against those things and those things become issues when we start to look people in the eye and they become real people that we love and care for versus making blanket statements like I'm an egalitarian, I'm a complementarian. 
and then you forget that people are people, and then you've said, this doctrine is my doctrine, this is my stance, and then you're not even open for conversation. Yeah, we were just talking about this at youth group tonight, just how diversity within the body is so important, because when there is diversity, we can look each other in the eye and still see the image of Christ, and still see the image of God in each other. And like, I've been doing a lot of speaking lately on proximity, as in regards to racial reconciliation. We have to be close to people who look different than us, but we also have to be dif- close to people who think different than us because we can't love someone who we don't have conversations with. Mm-hmm. We can't, I, can't, I can't say Black Lives Matter if I don't have African-American men and women speaking into my life. It doesn't make sense. I can easily say, well, Black lives don't matter because I don't, because I'm not looking at a brother in the face who's been pulled over. But I can also do the same thing with a Republican or a Democrat. I'm not telling you where I lie politically. <laughs> but if I'm not taking communion with somebody who voted for either party or an independent or wherever, I can't love them. So when we come to the table together, it's this, it's this beautiful reckoning of we're all one in Christ because unity is so much more important than our theological disagreements. And I think it's important to note, like, Because to me, when you say, I know what you mean, but when you say, I can't love them, it's not that you, you choose to not love them. It's because you, you, because you don't know them well enough. It's incomplete. You can't love them fully. It's incomplete. Yeah. It's incomplete love. You can't love them fully for who they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have, like, I think about, so my own experience and journey with coming to a place where I am open to biblical equality or egalitarianism, or biblical feminism, whichever thing you want to call it, because <laughs> there's a plethora of options, is I had been church planting. I had been church planting, and I'd been teaching in church plants, and I had been leading things, and I had a new church plant team leader who I still love and care for very much to this day, because I'm still in community and relationship with him, who came in and said, oh, no, you can't. Yeah. So I guess my question then, and, and kind of where I want to go with this is I, I, I'm interested maybe in some of your experiences and where you've gotten maybe some sort of pushback or hitting a wall, hit, hit a wall or something like that. Um, maybe in, in just that belief system or, you know, that doctrine. Yeah. So, so how have, yeah. So tell me what that interaction was like. You're like, here you are, I'm church planning. I've been a youth pastor. And then you get into a certain circle Mm-hmm. or a certain vein of Christianity or whatever, and then you start to come up against some things. How does that, yeah, how does that so go? Yeah, so I was coming up against it, and I I spent a year and a half in that, submitting to the authority above me, because I did. I do believe that when there's authority above you, male or female, whatever God places above you, you, submit. you obey your leaders. And I very much believe that, and I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, even though it was hard. Um. But it came to a point through a lot of prayer and a lot of a lot of hurt. Um, I had a friend stand with me in my kitchen while I was crying and say, I feel in this place that there's a spirit of condemnation and that's never from the Lord. Right. The Lord brings conviction, not condemnation, and you are feeling condemned. Right. So and so was that one was that the first uh, emotion or feeling that you experienced when someone said, No, you can't do that? Yeah, I mean, and this was under a year and a half of that, like constant, oh no, we're going to have somebody else do it. And the men that were being brought in to do it were, 
Okay, I'm not trying to be heady. I'm not I was trying to like so boast. much better than him. I was no, so much smarter. I was more qualified because of like having a minor in theology, having a degree, having years of experience. And if these would have been leaders, we were training up. Had you been a major in theology, that I would, know it would have been totally if different. It wasn't minor. <laughs> you never want minor in your degree yeah. title. Yeah. But my major I'm was minor. in urban <laughs> ministry, so oh. I mean. Oh my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I have an associate's degree. I have so an associate's whatever. in yeah. science. Whatever. <laughs> no. Um, so that was all happening, and if this was the leader we were training up, I would have been backing off, because we should absolutely be in power and training up leaders, someone to take our job. And if that would have been the scenario. A hundred percent. That well, person should be leaning and le- leading and learning. Well, then I guess the question is, so like if there was a guy, if there was a male who had the same qualifications that you had, that had the same resume, he'd have been on the stage in a heartbeat, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so my friend said that to me in the kitchen and I started researching because I would have told you that I was a complimentarian that leaned egalitarian and we all would have laughed because that was a good joke when I was a college student. And, but what it came down to is I probably always felt this way, but I wasn't comfortable because of the theology I grew up with saying it. Mm-hmm. And so I came to this place where the Lord and I really had a reckoning. I was reading books on both sides of the issue. I was really seeking the Lord and I was sitting under Pastor Mark Tyndall at um, Vineyard in um, Media, Pennsylvania, and he was really encouraging me to dig into some new books and some new theology. And the more I read and the more my heart, this was just pressed upon it, that like, no, the way you're going to thrive is living in your full calling. And that's what the authority that scripture gives you to preach the gospel. And so I told my team leader in January, our my time, my two-year commitment to that team was done in August, that in August I'd be leaving the team. Yeah. For the sake of my sanity, my la- I didn't want to grow bitter. I didn't want to grow angry. I didn't want to cause dissension in the team because I was only growing bitter and angry and frustrated and feeling like I wasn't enough yeah. because of something I couldn't control. Right. And I don't think when I look at scripture when I look at Jesus and I look at the new Testament, that that's okay. (laughs) I look at Jesus and every time he interacted with a woman, he restored her dignity. Mm. He restored her voice. Like the woman at the well, he said, go. And she went and told her whole community. And then she had influence in a group of people where she previously had no influence. Well, and and I mean, yeah. And women did not have a a good time back then. And and honestly, and I, and I've been thinking about this a while back too, is that like, I was like, man, like some of Jesus's most profound uh, moments were all were always with women. You know what I mean? And uh, from the first miracle for his mother, to he showed up to the ladies first after he yep. resurrected, and then told them to go tell everybody. You There's know what a- I mean? And so, like, I just see it all throughout there. And he re- he actually gave them a place, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what you said, restored dignity. And I agree with that. I do. Yeah. He restored dignity. He restored their voice and he empowered them to go and sin no more to go and tell what had happened to go. And like, I don't, the resurrection kind of, I mean, first of all, his birth ends it for me because the gospel literally comes <laughs> through a woman. Like, <laughs> Hello, Mary. And she accepted that call. I mean, I don't know if she wrestled with it at first, but she accepted it. And then at the tomb, 
the first people he tells the truth of the gospel to is women who then go and tell people who have been with him and they don't believe it them. Right. So for most <laughs> mind blown for most having the, the witness as a woman would have immediately discredited the account. Yeah. yeah. And consistently Jesus was opening doors for women and I just kept coming back. Is that where to that comes things. from? So is that where chivalry <laughs> was birthed of Jesus is opening doors for people? Is that what that was? Uh, but yeah. I just keep coming back to those things. The first, do- the first, the first door he opened for was, a woman was, was the a tomb. tomb. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! There it is. There the wow. birth of chivalry. Just mic drop. There it tagline. is. Well, we're done. So, well, gosh, this is a good episode, guys. Yep. There it is. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, no, it's okay. Can you pick up where you left off? I'm not yeah. really sure what you were saying. No, it's okay. <laughs> I wasn't listening anyway, so. It's because I'm a woman. Oh, no, I, I know. know. Oh, gosh. No, I kept oh, seeing these things, and the Lord really brought this to a place that it became a conviction, and it became a place of, of a theological doctrine I was willing to align myself with, which it wasn't before because I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable, but you stand, you stand pretty firmly on this though. So like, I mean, you earlier, you threw out the, the phrase, uh, Christian or biblical feminist. What'd you say? Biblical feminist, biblical feminist. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's interesting that you felt led to kind of take up that, that mantle, um, and take up that banner. Um, because not every person finds a, a, well, there are a lot of people who find a stance and then they, they tout it, right? Calvinism or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm Arminian, I'm Calvinist. I'm people, they carry that banner. Um, but yeah, you carry the, the banner of, of biblical feminists. So like, tell me what your, what your hope and your desire is by, by kind of standing on that, because there are a lot of issues in 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 the faith and then uh, well right. yeah well in the faith and also across across even the secular world feminism is not met with warm regards uh because yeah. because specifically and i think the abuse of women that have been touting that as a banner and so i think the question is you know the, about the banner itself you know what i mean because like i said fem- feminism has negative connotations yeah so you know. i actually i recently did a blog called faq feminist answered questions from a christian from a biblical feminist perspective because all the time I get the question like, literally somebody will just say abortion, like not even as a question, but as right. a statement, <laughs> like, because I use the word feminist, I'm, I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm very anti-abortion, yeah. but I also, part of being a biblical feminist for me is a full, a full view of life right. from womb to tomb. So, so let me ask you the question, but because I do want to hear about your intention behind that, your heart mm-hmm. for women and, and what kind of, so obviously you see an issue, you want to see some sort of pr- uh, answer, mm-hmm. right, for that problem. But with this phrase, biblical feminist, like, why do you choose that? Maybe even knowing that that's going to be met with some sort of aggression or you're already going to have people think a certain thing about you, right? A, a stereotype or mm-hmm. whatever it is. They're going to come in with a preconceived idea of what you're about and who you are. So, Yeah, and that's not always the term I would use. It depends on the circles I'm in because I'd use egalitarian in like a theological circle. Um, in a lot of the social justice circles I work in, biblical feminist is like, a well-known and an accepted and embraced terminology. So it's what I would use in those circles. Yeah. And like biblical equality is in another, like 
they're all mean the same all things thing. to all people or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah right like i probably wouldn't go to my home church even though I, my my pastor's okay with women preaching and women teaching and women holding positions of authority in the church i wouldn't go there and say i'm a biblical feminist even though i write about it even though they know that about me there i would say you know i'm an egalitarian this is how this plays out in my life because I know that that works for that crowd. Mm -hmm. And when I do, cause I, I do a lot of speaking and I've been doing a lot more lately. I, you have to read the room and know what's gonna, what's gonna play. Even if it's, you're saying this, the, the context contextualization, you know? And so I was at a church within the last year and I was teaching on a Wednesday night. There was about 80 people in the room and I was introduced and there was a guy in the front table sitting there. I got up, he put his head down. He was not comfortable with the woman teaching. And I would have been more okay with him getting up and leaving than him sitting there with his head on the table. <laughs> Cause I felt uncomfortable <laughs> for real. He sits there with his hands over his ears. Like, I'm not listening. Like an that's, I'm not listening. <laughs> that's how it felt. And like my heart was a little broken, but like I knew I couldn't focus on that person. And I shared this experience with a guy who's like an ally in this. And he's like, this just makes me so angry. Why aren't you angry? And I, I had to tell him, I'm like, because I can't be the angry feminist. I can't be the angry woman who's passionate about this thing, who's pushy about this thing in the church. Because then no one really, no one's listening then at really, that point. Exactly. Like, this isn't an issue that I'm trying Ag to be. Aggression is a great deterrent. Exactly. And I mean, on, I mean, on all sides, on any, on any social issue, I'm talking black, black lives matter. When you come into a town and you start destroying stuff for rioting, your, your message isn't going to cross. I'm talking about anything, uh, any of the, any of the social justice issues, mm -hmm. any of that stuff, any aggression, and even meeting the aggression with the aggression. And it's only a, it's only a reciprocating thing. Not, nothing get, gets a accomplished you know nothing gets accomplished yeah so like my goal is always in this situation where you're met with that kind of like blatant <laughs> like disagreement is like how can i meet this with like kindness and grace and not because i'm a woman like i hope a man would meet it the same but because way you're a christian but because i want to love this brother in christ right and i know that this guy i found out later he has like three daughters and he really loves the Lord. And what if one of them is called to this someday? He can maybe say, I saw this woman one time and what she said was biblical. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you this also, having this stance, I usually, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I do because I don't know how much study other people do, but I have to make sure everything I'm going to say is absolutely biblical. Because if it isn't, if I'm even off one milla millicenter from what other right. from any biblical truth, yeah. people well, go well, crazy. Well, secularly and considering like right and left, we you know there's terms like snowflakes and then terms like triggers and things like that. Mm -hmm. But even in the church, and people with certain doctrinal beliefs can get ease, be easily triggered and flip their lid. Mm when you say one word and they're like, well, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. What are you saying? Right. And, and then they just go nuts. Yeah. And there's a generation that I know feminist is not the best term for. Right. And so I avoid using it with them, but they're okay with egalitarian or biblical equality. And my whole, I want to do this because I remember 
I remember being at Moody and I remember going to an event called CCDA, which is Christian Community Development Association, and hearing Brenda Salter McNeil preach for the first time. Who's she's, this? She's an African-American preacher. She's amazing. She became that moment one of my heroes. I saw her preach and I said, I literally remember, I wrote it in my notebook that day. I didn't know women could do this. I didn't know I could do this. That is what I, I point, I like, I went to my friends. I'm like, that's what I want to do. What she just did, she brought, she, the truth she brought was just like kind of mind blowing. And she represented something I had never seen before. I'd heard women teach. I'd heard women speak at events. I'd heard missionary women teach. And my mom is an excellent communicator of the truth and the gospel. But growing up, she'd only ever done it to women groups. And I didn't realize this was because of the theology of the churches in the community I grew up in. I just right. thought it's how it was. Yeah. Because I never saw it represented any differently. Mm -hmm. So I heard Brenda, Dr. McNeil speak for the first time and it was mind blowing. Yeah. And I want to be able to be representation for that little girl or that young woman who didn't know this was possible, who didn't know she could look at the Bible, find the truth in it, or maybe she knew she could do it in her private Bible study, but she didn't know she could communicate it to other it to people others, yeah. with authority and right. with power and with the same conviction that some men do it in. Right. Like, do you think, and do you, but don't you think that that's kind of, that's kind of a, an issue of gifting, not necessarily of gender? Absolutely. Because like, I know my wife is like, and I'm just, I, this is the only thing mm -hmm. I draw from is my, my wife takes really a lot of pleasure and I'm not saying she submits to me all the time. Like I'm <laughs> over here, like beating her or something like that. It's not like that, but she, she like, you know, she just, she loves serving. Mm -hmm. She loves, uh, she loves when that I, that I'm willing to take the leadership of our family so that she doesn't have to, she loves those kind yeah. of things. You know what I mean? And so I, when you're talking about women, I think, or women doing that, I mean, are, are, isn't that more of a gifting thing rather than every, every woman should be able to oh, do that? Or I'm, yeah. I'm not saying every woman should do this, yeah. but I'm saying I didn't know this was a, this was an option with my gifting. Yeah. Like, cause I have, right. I've always been a good communicator. I spoke at my high school graduation. I, my speech class in high school was one of my favorite things. I did message prep for women at Moody and I love communicating those truths, but I didn't know I could do it yeah, to a sense. more general audience. Right. Yeah. I didn't know this was an option because not because I was told I couldn't growing up, but because I never saw it growing up. Yeah. Right. And so, um, Portia, I'm interested to hear you. So this was probably two, two and a half years ago that you had that initial conversation. You've started hanging out with Candy. You, you're two and a half more years into a, a deeper relationship with Christ. And, you know, you've, you've been at the source. You've gone to some other places. You're back at the source. Um, I just, I, I'd like to hear maybe a little bit about kind of that journey and where you are now versus where you were and how you're continuing to navigate this, this conversation and this issue. I mean, for me, it was something that it was kind of natural to to try and talk about and to um, figure out more about. And it was something that we easily clicked on, Candy and I. Um, and so at first, you know, when Joey came home and was telling me all about this, I was just like, I mean, back to the whole marriage thing, like we were at a point where we were trying to mend some real brokenness in our marriage, you know? Yeah. Um, and so 
I didn't want to cause even more brokenness on because of this. And so, which is why I didn't want to like, partially why I didn't want to immediately go back at him with like, well, that's, that's BS. Like, (laughs) you know, and that's kind of a, that's kind of a different, it's another level of, of, uh, division or conflict when not only can you not get along like as a as spouses, (laughs) but now you're, you're very different in your theological stances versus something that you're very passionate about. Right. And I, That's I mean, another I, level. I do like Joey wasn't coming home and saying like 100%, this is what I believe. Hush because, your mouth and learn from me, woman. <laughs> because I mean, we've been together eight years now. And so like a long time. And so he knows, like he knows who I am and I'm a, I'm a strong in, in our relationship. I'm a strong personality, you know? So like, it's we're like, we're very much this, equals. I had this you know? vision in my mind of Joey coming home and be like, so, <laughs> so I I learned something today in to me, <laughs> but I would like to share but, with you. But, <laughs> will, will you. Will you promise you won't get mad? Yeah. You just got to promise I, yeah, you I won't did, get mad. It was just a funny. It was just a funny image in my mind. Anyway, go ahead, continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, not to say that, like, he, he definitely wasn't like, well, this is the truth and you're going to take, like, definitely not like that. So, I mean, it's just been um, interesting. It's brought me candy. It's brought our relationship. It's um, brought a lot of good conversation with, between, in my marriage and with you, with you guys and with um, other people in the church. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm still learning. I think for me it's not the the top priority it's being being closer to god and learning more about who jesus is is most important to me before Absolutely. everything before this you right. know yeah. and so like it was definitely a hot point at first when he brought this to me because like you said i am in all aspects of my life outside of this a leader you know i have I have leadership titles and for someone to say in this area, you, or, you know, to even um, mention that it's, it's an idea that I couldn't be a leader in, in this area. Not to say that like I had my eye, like I've always wanted to be a teacher and a preacher. Like that's not, that's not my calling, you know, yeah. like that's not my Dream thing. <laughs> like, but to say that you can't like, it's just always been a hot button for me to say that a woman can't just because she's a woman. Right. And so, um, but at this point, I'm still, gl- growing closer to Jesus is above and beyond the most important to me. That's so good. More so than, than learning about yeah. gender in Christianity. You know, right. like that that's secondary yeah, to it all. That's good. Yeah, that's and so something, good. something that my dad would always say to me, when I was in, when I was living in Chester, which is a community right outside of Philly, and I was church planting, and we had a community garden, and we were doing a lot of social justice stuff on top of church planting, he would say, "Are like this would be a regular check-in conversation." He'd be like, "Candy, are you Miss Candy who has a garden, or are you Miss Candy who loves Jesus?" He's like, "Because once you become Miss Candy who gardens, that's a secondary, mm. like Miss Miss, because that's what they call me, Miss Candy." Um, <laughs> I always want to be Candy who loves Jesus first and Candy who's a biblical feminist second. 
or third or fourth or fifth. I, I kind of want to be Tia second. Keep going, keep going down the line. <laughs> All the way down. There's a lot more numbers. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, more I numbers. I want to be like daughter. I want to be <laughs> Tia. It's my niece and nephew call me Tia. I'm their aunt. Like, I want to be all these other things before I'm this label because being Candy who loves Jesus or being Portia who loves Jesus or being Jason who loves Jesus or Casey who loves Jesus is way more important than anything else. Well, it's, right. I mean, it's in it's in him. I mean, everything is in him. And we even go to that verse, man, there is no man and woman anymore. Like yep. there's no Greek. Greek. There's no barbarian. There's no like all things are in him. And like, I think when we focus on those things, we forget that all things are in him mm-hmm. and we don't focus on being in him because yeah. it's in him. Like all these attributes come through, like the strength, the protection like uh, just like the righteousness like all these things are all it's just littered through the new testament in christ yeah everything is in the mysteries right. of wisdom are hidden in christ yeah. you know what i'm saying and i'm over here arguing about an issue that's outside of christ you yeah. know what i mean which is why i don't ever want this to be an argue an argument or a debate like having yeah. a conversation is great and i think for portia and i Yes, this initially bonded us and our work in nonprofit outside of the church bonded us. But also, like, during that time where we're having these discussions and we were doing the Bible study at her house, like, we were also hanging out outside of that. And I didn't ever meet Joey, really, until he got home from deployment. And I didn't know all of the stuff going on in their marriage. I'm not married. But during that time, we talked about her marriage and about how submitting to the Lord is the number one. And like the Lord says, you got to love your husband. And like we were going through, we were, we were crying together and rejoicing together because there were, there was bigger stuff. This was a bonding moment so that I think God could do something else in both of our lives. Right. So if you're, if your primary focus is arguing your stance on a doctrinal issue before your um, mission to proclaim the gospel, then there's an issue. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I feel, I, I can't say like candy that, you know, I've felt all this oppression because of my gender in the church. And I've been, I mean, I'm very thankful for that at the source because it really is like, it's where I found a relation, a close relationship and with we have Jesus. A lot, we have a lot of women in the church yeah, that are really, do. really strong. Yeah, and so, <laughs> I mean, you're going to walk in here yeah. and talk to, no, that ain't going to happen. No, you know yeah, I mean? and so I'm just, I'm very thankful for that. And I mean, even really in life outside of the church, I, I can't say that I've felt, you know, significant oppression because of my, my gender. And I'm not the person that is all things girl power and women's empowerment because I want to be better than men or I want women to be better Mm -hmm. than men. It's because I've seen the pain that other women have gone through and I see it every day because of um, the not enoughness that the world puts on women, you know? And so I see women that come to our doors that are scared when I'm working with them because there's a knock at the door and they're wondering if it's their abuser you know, and I've, mm. I've seen women who have been, they've lived these lives that have just constantly beat into them that they're not enough. And so I'm not doing, you know, this isn't my heart because I want us to be better than them or anything. It's because I want. Or even because want, you want to be right and exactly. make them wrong. It's not, it's not that at all. I want, Justice. I want there to be mutual respect and the honor that, that we talked about in the beginning, you yeah, know, right. like I just see the sadness and the brokenness 
gosh. So like about a year ago, I was um, offered another job at a different organization and it was working with the Hispanic population um, doing, it would basically have been a lateral move, um, same pay, same title, all that stuff. And I was really torn about it. And Candy invited um, invited us to worship night at where was that? Oh, Jesus, Jesus Life Church. Church. Jesus yeah. Life Church. Friday night worship. And I was just man, I was Joe just Potter. torn. I was torn up inside about like what to what to do with this um, because I was like, you know, I'd been in my job a few years, and I'm a millennial, and people are like, you know, millennials jump jump around jobs <laughs> so yeah. many years, and I was like, it's about time. But well, we grew up on the song <laughs> "Jump Around." So. <laughs> so I go to this and like. To the, like, I've never worshiped like that. And just God showed me all of the brokenness that oh, wow. I see. Like, I've never had any sort of wow. like, I've never known this. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only told Joey about it, but like it, man, that, that jacked me up. It, I, I felt the brokenness that all the women come, that come through my doors yeah. wow. feel. And I saw it and you know, I knew then I was like, I can't go like my work here isn't done yet. So well, let's just be honest. I mean, a woman can minister to a woman in a way that a man can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Jason, you're right on on that point. Casey, you're, Casey's leading a thriving women's ministry. You have no idea. Well, because, you know, there aren't any qualified women to lead it. So Casey had to step in. No, but I also want to say, I, I have seen women in the church who are actually oppressed. I had a few issues, but I, my dad would never call himself an egalitarian, but he always raised my sister, my little sister and I to do whatever the Lord calls you, whatever the Lord is putting on your life. He will, he will, he will equip you to do. And so growing up like that, I think if you would have told him your daughter wants to be a pastor someday, which I don't. He would have been like, oh, I don't know. But then when God put the call on my life to teach the gospel and to preach regularly, he, I remember him hearing me. I remember getting in his car after the first time I preached at our home church, my home church in Michigan. And I got in his car like two months later when I was back visiting for something else. And on the CD rotation was my first sermon. And Aww. I kind of cried a little because <laughs> I'm like, my dad's listening to my sermon again. And like, he tells, he's told me, he's like, I, you, you, God, what God's doing in you and through you, people, people need to hear truth. And if that's what's going to happen, it's going to happen. God has equipped you to do this because he's called you to it. And so like my little niece who is nine or 10, I can never remember. <laughs> like somebody asked the other day at church, my mom was telling me the story. So do any of you want to be a pastor when you grow up? And she raised her hand because she's seen it represented in front of her that women can do this. And like, my mom was like, no other girls were raising their hand, but they're your nieces. <laughs> but I grew up kind of just, you know, God tells you to do it, you do it. And, and was she like, and I also want to have purple hair and tattoos. <laughs> no, but she does really want a nose ring. She, she's wanted one since she was like two. I taught her how to say nose ring when she was like <laughs> not one and she'd be like nose ring. So I would always put a little dot on her nose of like makeup and it's funny. She love, but like I'm, I'm her aunt and she's, I'm someone Can she looks up to. Can you say septum piercing? <laughs> no, I don't have a septum piercing, <laughs> but I would teach her those things or like, but there's just things that when you see represented and you see that as an option, 
especially in the church. Like I remember the first time I ever saw a woman give communion. I was in high school. It was the first time I ever saw a woman up at the table with the men giving communion. And I remember it was a discussion in the car on the way home that like, yeah, well, one of the deacons didn't show up today. So Bonnie had to fill in because she's also, she's a deaconess. Classic Bonnie. (laughs) Classic Bonnie. But like, this was a discussion in the car. And I remember thinking, oh, I guess it was weird that a woman did it. Someday I could leave. I could give communion. Like all of a sudden it was like an option not because I was told I couldn't, but because I saw it. I mean, I think right. even more generally about diversity and inclusion, you know, you have to see it to be it. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen anyone there. Of, of you- course, there's the side <laughs> there's there's the side that will say, well, just because you see it done doesn't mean that it's right. Right. <laughs> and there are things like that. Yeah. But then there's other things that are like. Right. Like sometimes I'm like, just because you see it done doesn't mean like communion where families go up and take it by themselves and there's no one administering it. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Like, right. I'm not saying it's not, but there's things like that, that we now do as a regular practice in a lot of evangelical churches. Well, I'm like, Hmm, well just, I've never seen that before. Well, just be honest. I mean, there's with the issue of roles in the church with women, that's just one of the many things that, we disagree on with our evangelical, even our Catholic brothers and sisters mm-hmm. across the, the world. Everybody has a different liturgy, a different way they do service, how they administer communion, even if they administer communion. I mean, it, it's just another one of the many things that we differ on. So um, I guess to, to close things up, I'd like to ask you, uh, maybe Portia and, and uh, Candy, give a brief statement on it, just maybe how you would encourage people as they continue forward and in, in navigating the conversation and if they're a woman who's kind of coming up against some things, how to, how to handle some of that. <laughs> we'll let Candy go know, first yeah. and then you can think about it. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just say my answer was her answer. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got to, she's got to listen and be like, Oh, pre ditto. No, I would just say if you are, if you're a, a man listening to this, who's an ally who says, yes, women can give them the opportunity because we can say, yes, she can, without actually we can say oh we recognize but we're not going to let them represent so do that if you're a woman who this is something that's on your heart and the lord is calling you to these things and you felt it strongly and you don't know what to do reach out there are tons of amazing facebook groups that'll give you resources and i would look at the junia project you can google that they have tons of resources and ways that you can learn more and speak to this so that it's intelligent and that it's smart and that it's biblical and it's not coming across as I want this. It's because I humbling yourself to this call is really hard Yeah. when you don't see it. And when it's not encouraged mm-hmm. and if you're someone who's anti this, that's okay. You're still my brother and sister in Christ. And that needs to be our foremost Number one place is we are siblings in the Lord and siblings disagree, but we still love each other and we still worship together and we still pray together. Mm -hmm. And as long as you are not demeaning or oppressing women in your liturgy, in your church, in the way you go about serving the Lord, then more power to you continue to serve the Lord and proclaim the truth of the gospel in a way that that continues to bring dignity, continues to love people and respect people and honor your brothers and sisters and women in general. Yeah. 
Portia, was your answer her answer? <laughs> Do you have any, any parting I? words? I mean, I just think that if it's something that anyone is um, conflicted about, like surround yourself with people that are going to uplift you. Pray, pray to be surrounded by those people. And point um, you to Jesus. Yeah, I mean, because, again, back to it, it what does it all come down to? It, it comes down to your love for Jesus and your relationship there. And, I mean, that's all there is to it because whether or not someone – believes this or you believe this like that's not gonna that's not gonna get you into heaven <laughs> right yeah i've got the blood of christ you and i'm complimentary right. <laughs> and you've proven someone right or you know getting them on your side that's not getting you yeah, yeah my goal is never to best someone who disagrees <laughs> right. with me yeah. right i don't it, yeah you can't be that mm-hmm. you just gotta i mean surround yourself with people that love you because whether or not they believe that they're gonna love you too so mm-hmm. yeah it's good. Casey, you still with us? Yeah, and um, honestly, I think there's an, an unraveling happening um, all across the world right now, and we're like shedding things off that have oppressed us, not only just women, but, I mean, all across the spectrum and the board. I mean, I think that there is an awakening happening. Religious chains are falling yeah, off. Yeah, religious chains yeah. are falling off, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm... <clears throat> glad that these kind of things are happening because my mind, just per speaking personally, my mind and my heart have been like just changed as of late, you know, and and uh, these are important issues. Uh, they're important because it, the unity is important, right? And so these issues that we're talking about, like biblical feminism, or I mean, I hope to have you guys back on for social justice because that was <laughs> that was the one that I wanted to do, you know, because this women's stuff is so boring. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that uh, half I'm the kidding. church is now boring. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that, no, that'll be the statement right. I, I plucked. I'm, I'm just saying, promo. you know, and the and these things are really they are important because unity is important, and uh, as long as we're caught up. And hung out like what hung up to dry like on stuff like that's outside of Christ like we were talking about like focus on inside Christ and like all the other we're stuff we're finding is non-essential away. hills to die on yeah, yeah. Man. and uh, yep. and I'm so I'm excited about it but yeah and submission and one thing I wanted to say also submission to especially within husbands and husbands and wives is that submission to a person like especially one that you're one with is submission to the Lord, right? So if you want to submit to the Lord and that's your ultimate goal well, as a husband and wife, you are to submit to each other. And that is when you service yeah, somebody, good. you are servicing the Lord. That's why you submit to each other because that is submission to the Lord. And so that's just what I wanted to say about that. I've been waiting for a while, this, but can't get a word in edgewise with these two. So. Oh, I know we talk so much. So we have, we much. have a lot to say. Okay. <laughs> so good so good well it's been a blast i love i love my wonderful sisters y'all are sistrin sistrin yeah the sistrin and the brother you guys will keep up this uh hashtag and patriarchy yeah there's so many more women no that's that's gonna end with this episode until mm-hmm. the next n- next time you come on, yeah, we'll, that's right. We'll, so, we'll relaunch it. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll consider uh, you know one uh, one female episode per season. <laughs> one per season. Get out of here. No, it's like, <laughs> I mean, that's what we're at right now. So I mean, oh goodness gracious! All right. Well, they thank only you so want much. half the church as their audience. Yeah, yeah, mm, that's right. Fifty three percent. Wait, more listeners. I'm listening. I'm I'm listening. Oh, oh, what do you mean? Oh, there you go. What, what, what? No, I'm just kidding. That's not. 
That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for checking out the SDP. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. We also have a Patreon account if you want to check that out. Patreon.com slash Salty Dogs Podcast. And we actually have t-shirts for sale now. Teespring.com. I'm going to get one. You should, yeah. And just Google Salty Dogs Podcast. You should probably get one for free because... You should probably give them uh, free to all of your guests uh, when they come on your show as a token of gratitude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in season one, we gave stickers to people that came. That's true. We we only had one for you. You didn't give it to us. Give us the stickers because we're... Well, <laughs> because we don't have because we don't have any. Share <laughs> a likely story. Yeah, that's fun stuff. All right, guys, we're out. See ya. <laughs>